Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planetverse. Today, we're going to be recording episode 88 with my co-host, Steve Morton. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon. How are you? Oh, not so bad. Warming up. <laughs> Same here. It went, it went very hot, and then now it's suddenly gone cold again. So we're dealing yeah. with the fluctuations in the weather. And speaking of fluctuations, we had a request come through the Planerology page from Harriet Gladich. I hope I'm saying that right. Dear Harriet, your request has been heard by the Planerverse, and today's episode is going to revolve around what to do when your plans, goals, or planner setup are lost by the time June rolls around. I think we've all been there. Both Steve and I are not new at setting up planners or deconstructing planners and saying, ah, off with its head. Uh, we've both stepped into it pretty powerfully on our own end. And we have quite a few points to go over to see if we can, in the deconstruction of what went wrong, to see if we can take a step back and review potential scenarios of what went wrong and what we can do to no longer have these moments of panic where everything is just gone awry. Steve, I'm sure you've had these moments with your planner, right? <laughs> when you sort of introduced the topic before we started recording, I sort of chuckled to myself thinking, just sounds this has been dedicated to me by the sound. <laughs> Indeed, we all because take this personally. We all sort of start the year with the best of intentions and um, you know I, if I just glance back briefly through my planner I can see these recurring tasks that just don't get done sort of going forward and forward and forward and then all of a sudden one week you manage to find a free slot in time that matches with the weather being okay and you know, several other things also, you know, all the planets align and you manage to get the thing done. But there's so many other tasks that it hasn't happened on that you think, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as John Lennon said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans, right? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> this is, I think, in encompassed in John Lennon's words here. So so let's let's take it at the top. So you find yourself having set up some goals for yourself in the beginning of the year and June rolls around and you say, okay, none of these goals are being met. What's going on? My planner is not working. Let's find out what, what the first issue is. Number one, perhaps your plans and your goals have changed. For, so there's six months between January and June. Perhaps in those six months, your priorities have shifted, your lifestyle has shifted, and suddenly the goals that you thought were priority goals are no longer priority goals. Not that they're not goals, but they're just not priority goals. Or are they, those tasks, uh, goals still relevant uh, sort of six months right. on? Right. And you may find yourself having to reassess the value or the amount of time you want to dedicate to those goals and say, maybe these are goals that could be done six months down the line, but right now there's other mm. priorities that have taken place. They're no longer relevant to the thing that you're trying to achieve, or maybe they are, and you just haven't completed the goals. So let's move on to the next step. Number two, 
Be curious about the times that you've struggled in your planner and journal those times. There is a reason both Steve and I are sticklers for writing things down. Because once you write things down, you have a record for posterity of what went wrong and where it went wrong and what you did to overcome that issue. Oftentimes, we create and recreate the wheel of problem in our mind because we don't take the time to write down the answer when the answer does come up. We're so satisfied that we figured out an out from the situation we were in that it's no longer an issue that's pressing and so we move on. But this is why dedicated journaling and dedicated time and space to review your planner is so vital because you can always go back and say, look, I had a planner failure on this month and this year and I know exactly what I did to step out of it. Was it the insert? Was it the calendar? Was it you not making enough notes? Were you just generalizing and not being specific enough? The um, the other thing is, of course, is when you sort of look at these issues or problems, is possibly to look at ones that you've done similarly in the past, where it's succeeded. It might not be exactly the same task right. it might be something completely different but if you look can look back at your successes from the past and apply the things you learned from those to what you're currently trying to achieve that might be a big help to um, think the other one i thought of is when we think of priorities we have a like a well that's top priority that's lower priority that's the the the, the least priority the hierarchy of it are yeah. they still yeah are they still in the same order or should they still be in the same order that you originally assigned to them back in january or whenever it was you sort of sat down you know have yes. you reviewed them yes. between january and june you know these things need to be kept under review don't they and these things are very organic and if we don't review mm. them i mean how often do you review your uh, overall overarching goals steve what's your what's your schedule like for that in a way i sort of look at the list of things that are that my outstanding list of things it's not outstanding in the sense that it's wonderful. No, it's outstanding because I haven't done it. <laughs> it's incomplete. <laughs> All those, the incomplete list. Um, because it's, I carry that list forward from one week to the next. I'm sort of reviewing it, um, and some things just drop off because I think, well, you know, that's, that particular task isn't that desperately important. Um, so I can drop it off that list because otherwise it's just going to keep reoccurring, you know, week on week on week and week. And there's there's far things that are a higher priority to do now, at this time in the year, because the weather has got better. Therefore, I need to be doing stuff outside. And the things that I've dropped off the list are things that can be done indoors in winter when it's dark and cold outside. And it's just one of those fill-in jobs sort of thing. I'm going to suggest a tip here, and I think Steve's going to agree with me. Perhaps when you initially wrote that first tasking that you thought was a priority at the time, you had an empty page of nothingness mm. happening in front of you. So the day and the time 
and the space in which you were existing said that there was nothing ahead of you for weeks ahead. And you said, why don't I fill this time up doing something productive? So you put task A down. And then you found out that three months had passed and task A became less and less relevant because other priorities filled up and they became the things that were in fact important. So you realize the inefficiency of task A because of the time and space. And that's why it's so important to date and put down what's coming up ahead. If there's nothing come ahead, coming up ahead, it's quite easy to list a list of things that say, hey, I've got to get a few things taken care of. Mm. But they may be completely trivial in relation to what comes down the line two months later. Mm. And so in, in having done that, perhaps you can gain some more uh, context for why, mm. why you put something down. And maybe you can create a trivial list, for example, things that would be nice to get done, but there's no urgency yeah. for them, right? One of the things that's been on my list for a while has been where I started sorting through, for instance, I started sorting through my clothes back in January mm -hmm. um, and sorted through them. And then I suddenly thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to do something similar but for all my, you know, hand tools, you know, woodworking tools and electrical tools and all that sort of thing, you know, get those all out, you know, in a similar way where I got all my shirts out and stuck them on the bed and sorted <laughs> yeah. through them, you know. This is, you know, this is real life sort of folks. Um, I thought, well, it would be a good idea for me to do the same with all my tools because they're, you know, scattered all over the place. I've got duplicates, triplicates, etc., of certain things for those of you that I haven't really noticed need... steve has been con marine behind our backs <laughs> yes oh yes <laughs> oh you've left the secret out <laughs> yeah so your tools are scattered everywhere indeed steve yeah so i thought it would be a great idea to do something similar along the lines of doing that and, and also you know bring some semblance of order back into sort of different parts of the house and what have you um but it, it's one of these you know mindless job tasks in a way that i get, get the need to get the wallpaper in um table out because it's nice and big and it's fairly robust so i can just dump tools on it without worrying too much about the surface hmm. and it's just something i just can't i haven't just got around to doing having said that that's i'll no, no doubt end up doing it next week or something like that yeah, but, um, it's it's difficult. I think we, we sometimes underestimate how long it takes to do things, and and I think I'm just as guilty of, mm -hmm. of that as most other people are. Because you know, when you sort of start doing something, you think, "Oh, crikey, this has turned out to be a far bigger job than I thought it was," and it's at that point you really need to sort of back off a little, and then if need be, break that task down into sort of several smaller ones and and look at the thing again and think, right, so where do I, you know, how am I going to break this down into, you know, more manageable tasks that I will start to feel as if I'm making progress um, whilst doing it and you know, actually aiming for that final goal and making it more achievable 
Um, that's the that's the point I'm trying to get to. I think that's a very good point, and I think you actually said something that le- that connects me to my next point, which is, what steps are you going to have to take to feel that you're making progress towards mm-hmm. your goal? And I think oftentimes people mistake goals for activities, and this brings us back to the conversation of context. If your overall goal is to achieve health and well-being and you had set up the activity of going to the gym three times a week and failed to go three times a week, you've only gone once, that means that you've succeeded in going once towards the goal of you being healthy and achieving well-being. Do you see how that works, folks? You can't Mm. confuse the two because if you do, then you're failing all the time. If you've set up a tasking that is supposed to be your goal, there's a lot of confusion that happens there. So let's go back to the conversation that we had about habits and routines and goal setting. And when we have a larger goal, so the goal is to improve the overall look of the house, to upgrade the home, painting is going to be one of the projects in that goal. And the activities that go on with it include buying the paint, buying the brushes, hiring a contractor, and so on and so forth. So please let's look at the overall goals that we're setting up and make sure that they are as specific as possible. If your goal is not specific, then you have failed at writing the language necessary that's going to encompass the success that you want to have. So your goal should be as specific as possible using as much language as possible. And the, the, the more vague your language gets, the vaguer it is, the, the less um, what's the, what I'm like, so it's more of a task, right? So the more mm. complex and more specific your language is, it's, it, it's heading towards the goal line versus vague language and short blotty sentences or, um, thoughtlets, I, as I like to call them, not completely formed thoughts, just <laughs> thoughtlets, um, are more of a activity and a to do. And a whole bunch of to-dos piled up can create a project and a whole bunch of projects put together can create a goal. Uh, and this, I mean, Steve, this is, does that make sense for, for yeah. how we're trying to lay this out? Yeah, it's sort of in sort of breaking this, the thing down, it, it makes it achievable, you know, for instance, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, revarnishing the window, the door or something like that. You've got to, you know, sand the thing down. You might suddenly discover when you, um, take some of the metalwork off the door or something that you know some things need replacing the door handle needs replacing or something like that then you've got to go and find one of those that's not a small task you you might get lucky like I did the other day and you find the perfect handle at a sensible price in your local shop the, on the first shop you went to not the 15th <laughs> That does happen every so often. But that's the whole point. Then you can take that as a win and say that you've achieved one small step in the overall improvement of the home. You haven't achieved the goal of home improvement, but you've taken one step towards the entirety of that goal. Mm. And, And I think that's one of the nice things about our community is that there's so many people willing to help. That's going to be my next point, in fact, is reach out to the community. If maybe you don't know where you failed, but I would suggest that you start becoming curious about why you're failing instead of becoming frustrated. And then explain the situation to the community. And planerology people are willing to help you. Filofaxy people are willing to help you. We're all willing to step up and say, here's here's what we've tried and here's what's not worked. So go go this route. 
and you don't have to be um, too detailed in, as in, you know, give too much personal details away when you're explaining what your problem is. You can right. um, relate to the issue that you're having um, fairly blandly, if you like, and you know, someone might latch onto what it is or done something had a similar issue in the past and can supply a sort of sensible answer what have you that that yeah. certainly um, would be easy enough yeah and then there's always private message too if you feel like you want to yeah. include some more details you can always privately message or email one of us i'm sure we'd be willing mm. to help um another key point that i got was from the actor peter dinklage if you all know who he is great if you don't then look him up but he gave a talk once where he was talking about failing better and how he had just refused to take certain jobs because they seemed below his his uh, level of acting and all that. But eventually he realized he low, was going to take... Lowest pay grade. Lowest pay grade, right. And uh, he eventually decided to take the next... Whatever acting job came up next, he was going to take it. He didn't care what it was. And it sort of launched his career from there. And I think that's the key point in planning as well as other things for success in life is you've got to be willing to look at the successes that you've had and mark them as successes so that when you do fail you haven't failed all the way back down to zero you've only failed one step back you've only failed mm. half a step back you've only sidestep failed so it's not that the entire planner needs to go out the door. All your goals are gone. Everything's been thrown out. We're starting from scratch. We don't know anything. You know, it's cats and dogs sleeping together. That's what's going on. It doesn't have to get to that level. It can well, simply be. <laughs> right? <laughs> the Vogons are here, Steve. <laughs> so we can fail better and be able to give ourselves credit for the accomplishments that we've succeeded in moving ourselves to the point where we've gotten. Steve had said something earlier, and I'm going to ask you to, to go back to your statement here, Steve, in a second. But what he said was, if, if I remember correctly, is that oftentimes we put things on a list and we don't tick those things off the list because other things have with higher priority have come to take their place. And instead of looking and then we don't write those down right so the new things have come we've completed mm. the new things and what we're left with is a list of things that we have unticked things that we've not gotten done mm. but we've forgotten to give ourselves credit for the other important things that came in between yeah. and we got done and we just didn't write down how many how many of you you know have a to-do list and you end up doing things that aren't on the to-do list and then you suddenly find yourself sidetracked or whatever, which is typical of me. And you end up thinking, oh, sod this. <laughs> and you write it on the list and then tick it off. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, you recorded what you actually were doing, um, even if you weren't supposed to be doing it, but it still needed doing sort of thing. And that might be, you know, for many reasons. You know, somebody might have dropped something on your desk or whatever. You know, can you do this? Oh, but I'm doing this. No, no, no. This needs doing first. Um, or the weather changes or, you know, there's a whole host of reasons why you might get sidetracked into doing something. I'm not going to be giving away my list of excuses because you then all know. <laughs> well, in, in all fairness, so there's, there's two types of getting sidetracked. And I'd like to break that down here. 
there's the kind of sidetrack that you're getting because there's something, as Franklin Covey explained, something urgent and timely has come to be. And so you have to stop doing what you're doing, which are non-urgent things, but timely. And uh, attend to the things that are urgent. Now, what Franklin Covey also says is that try not to live your life in that urgent and high priority list all the time because you'll burn out. And so it's quite possible that you were sidetracked by one or two things. But if this eventually becomes a habit and you notice you're consistently putting out fires in the realm of your existence, then you probably should consider prioritizing things that, even if they're urgent and timely, right? So they, they have to have both um, quantifiers. Or, or delegating things <laughs> there's, to someone else. There's that. <laughs> I'm th- I'm thinking of doing a doctor my doctorate in being sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just no. <laughs> PhD in being sidetracked. You've already got that. You have three PhDs, Steve. You're you're succeeding yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, again, going back to why we're being sidetracked. If if you haven't completed your goals, let's say you you had the perfect goal. The goal was to get in shape, right? You want it to be healthier. And you've done absolutely nothing in the activities that you set up so that you can succeed at your goal. You just found that nothing has worked. Obviously, you're making excuses, one, right? Because that means something else has come up. And that's an excuse. There's no judgment in that. It's not a bad thing that something else has come up. It's not a good thing that something else has come up. It's just a thing that's come up. Now, it's for you to decide whether you're going to re-emphasize the priority or the importance of that priority that you had set up initially in January and re-evaluate it at the same rating in June. If, If you feel that the goal that you've set up is important enough, and we were discussing this earlier, Steve, is understanding what your why is. Why are you doing Mm. this? Why have you decided that you wanted to get in shape? Why have you decided that you want to improve the home? Why have you decided that you want to go back to school? So if you can frame your why, then you're actually setting up a mission statement for yourself. You don't even realize it. That's why setting up a mission statement for your life is so important. I'm a big fan of it. I do it every year. I reevaluate my mission statement. And I think, Steve, maybe that's something we should set up for another episode is looking at Mm. why the mission statements in our lives. I mean, every company that you know of has a mission statement or a vision statement. And sometimes they have two, a mission and vision, which are different. Well, we can go over that in the episode. Mm. But if you look at the major companies, they all have some kind of language that defines the reason of their existence. It's, it's a very Descartes kind of thing. It's like, here we are. Here's why we're here in, in life. Cool. It's existentialist. <laughs> but if, if we don't define our lives with task and purpose, something or someone else will be there within moments to help redefine it for you. There will always be mm. something more urgent. There will always be something more important. There will always be something else that catches your attention and says, ooh, ooh, pick me. I have something better for your time than whatever it is that you were thinking of. So the mission allows us to stay focused and continue on the path of what we were doing. And even if we get sidetracked, we only got sidetracked for a little step, two steps, three steps. It's not a hundred steps. Yeah. It's sort of um, 
reevaluating things. Um, you know, how long is this going to take me? Oh, hold on a minute. This is taking me longer than I thought it would. And then it's realizing to stop so you don't get, you know, you don't go too far down the road of thinking, I should have been doing this, but right. I've been doing something else, sort of thing. And um, you need to sort of put it to one side sometimes and then realize, sort of schedule it in for sort of later in the day or, you know, sort of realize, right, how much more time do I actually need to do this? Well, doesn't David Allen actually say it's the two-minute timeline? So if you can complete something yeah. in two minutes, yeah. get it done immediately. Anything else, schedule for later, and maybe it would be worthwhile while you're learning your system and getting your brain to trust your system to actually write down mm. an estimate time of how much you think yeah. that activity is going to cost you in time. So in other words... I know the iCal does that for me, uh, Steve. When I program something mm. and if I need to go somewhere, it tells me you need to leave at this time so mm. that you can account for the travel time it takes to get there yeah. so that you get there on time. And maybe that's what we need to do in cases of having lost track by the time June rolls around is track and put in buffers so that we can account mm. for how much time the activity is going to take. And if we see that it's taking longer than we anticipated, moving it into another category that says, look, this is going to be a rainy day project list. Mm. This is going to be something that's going to take me longer than an hour to complete. One idea I just had really is, I wonder if the, we, we all have sort of, you know, to-do lists, which tend to be just a list of things that we want to do and, a, and just a tick box. I wonder if there's any mileage in actually putting a date after the, when you enter something onto your list, add a date of when, when you wrote it on the list and when you want it completed by. And then you get some better idea then of, you know, how long that thing's been on the list for in the first place. And you'll then give you a, a clue as to how often that needs to be reviewed um, from the point of view of, you know, do you still need to do it? How relevant is it? What priorities it got, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's a great idea. And that's one of the reasons why I love OmniFocus because it does mm. allow you to put, it plugs in automatically the day that you've created the item mm -hmm. and you get to forecast by when you think you'd like to complete it. And if you need to move mm -hmm. it forward a month or a week or whatever it is, it automatically lets you move things so that they're not. But that's also the premise of bullet journaling, if I'm not mistaken, Steve, is mm. you have a day on each sheet that has a date and it, you know what date you've entered it. And then if you keep yeah. moving that arrow forward, then there's something off. That means that it's either it's not a priority or it's something that you're procrastinating so much because it's too many steps involved and you need to break it down into smaller steps. So that's probably another one of the tips that I'm going to recommend is if you find that you haven't completed something that you've had on your list for a long time, it's probably because you've made it too complicated and you need to further break it down into smaller steps. Smaller steps and consistent steps wins this game, the game of getting mm. things done and the game of feeling like you're, I like how you said that earlier, Steve, is what, what step do you need to take so that you feel you've made progress towards your goal? Because mm. you could have done 100 steps, but if you don't, maybe it's not until you get that 101st step that you feel like you have actually made some mm. motion and, and you've gotten some traction on getting the goal accomplished. And we sort of, we've got to the end of our allotted time, unfortunately, today. And I'm sure we could sort of uh, 
continue the discussion for another half hour easily. So where can we find you on the web? You can find me at ThroatPunchResumes.com, at Plannerology.com, and on Facebook at Plannerology and Sneaking Around Corners, Scaring Steve Martin at Philofaxi. Where can we find you, Steve? As usual, find me at Philofaxi.com, TravelersNotebookTimes.com, and still, as always, on Instagram as Mr. Philofaxi. And don't forget, folks, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it.